0: Welcome. You're listening to The Chi Podcast, the place dedicated to educating and supporting parents and professionals, hosted by Dr. Sandy Munoz, CEO
1: of the Children's Healing Institute. One child, one teacher, one book, one pen can change the world. Malala Yousafasi. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Chi Podcast. It is the time of year when parents are getting ready to send their kids off to school, or in my case, off to college. Some kids and parents are dealing with a lot of anxiety of the upcoming changes and of having to start something new. Today, we are speaking to Dr. Emily Deming from the Palm Beach County Youth Services Department, and we will be sharing information on getting kids ready for returning to school.
2: Hi, Dr. Deming. Welcome to the CHI podcast. We're so happy that you are able to join us today. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Thank
0: you so much for having me. So my name is Dr. Emily Deming. I'm a postdoctoral fellow at Palm Beach County Youth Services Department. I originally earned my master's and PhD in clinical child psychology from West Virginia University. And now I am working with the Youth Services Department providing family therapy and individual therapy services to children in the county from 0 to 22, um, really focusing in on my specialties are anxiety, depression, LGBTQ plus affirming therapy services, and really focusing on creating a safe space for anyone who comes in seeking therapy services or just seeking
2: a little bit of help. Wonderful. And we know, you know, you mentioned that you deal with kids with anxiety, and there is a lot of kids with anxiety with school getting ready to start. We have Mm -hmm. some kids just, you know, now going into kindergarten, others transitioning to middle school, and others going into high school. So what are some tips that you can give to parents to help reduce their children's anxiety? Absolutely. I think this is a very common thing that comes up
0: for most parents is they see their kids struggling with big emotions and nervousness and worry about new school years or new big transitions in life. And a lot of people kind of struggle to say, you know, I know how to deal with these things, but how do I help someone else deal with them? And uh, through research and through my own clinical experience, I found that it's really helpful for parents to do, at first, label emotions. So especially for younger kids, they don't necessarily have the vocabulary that us adults have when it comes right. to recognizing and, and focusing in on emotions.
1: And right. so being
0: able being able to say, Oh, I can see that you're anxious right now or I see that you're worried or you're telling me that you're worried, being able to put a name to it can be really helpful. And then validating those emotions, and saying Now, it's okay to feel worried, or a lot of people feel worried when we're making big transitions, or a lot of kids get worried when they go to a new grade with new people, and so that can be super helpful to just normalize that experience for them. And the more we can normalize a wide range of emotions, as humans, we're, we're meant to feel all those emotions. We're not meant to feel you know, just happy or just sad or just anxious. It's normal to feel those things can really help a child recognize, okay, this is normal, but it's not forever. Um, right that's something that can be really helpful for a lot of kids to recognize it's a normal part of life
2: yeah yeah and I think like you said it's great for parents to be able to validate that for their for their kids and know that I don't need to put a band-aid right away I just need to help you know get them through this time that they're going through um for coming off of summer sometimes we have like the younger kids that either are starting kindergarten for the first time or just really have a hard time focusing in general. Is there, mm -hmm. like, really some way that parents can help build some concentration skills? Absolutely. So I think um,
0: whenever we talk about behavior, behavior is one of the easiest things to kind of control if we know how to shape it, how to encourage it, and how to focus on what we want to see more of. And kind of the best way that we've seen through research and through clinical experience to increase the behavior is to praise it when we see something that we want to see more of we praise it and inevitably kids are going to work harder to get that praise and to get that positive attention so labeling behaviors you like to see for a lot of Mm -hmm. parents saying you know I'm so proud of you for staying focused thank you so much for sitting in your seat and completing that task a lot of these behaviors start at home um, at school, it's very hard for teachers to really focus one-on-one with kids, especially with the size that often classrooms are. So if parents can find focused behaviors, concentration behaviors at home, uh, and praise them and focus on increasing those behaviors at home, we often see that those generalize to the classroom setting. Um, practicing in areas that aren't necessarily school activities. If we have a kid who loves to do art, praising them for staying focused on an art project uh praising them for sticking with a task even that task if that task is challenging um, that can be very helpful in terms of making sure that those skills are learned not just in a school context but in a life context but it's also important to keep in mind too what's developmentally appropriate for a kid um so we mm-hmm. have different expectations for a younger child than we do a teenager um so it's easy to to have those expectations but also make sure that we're keeping track of where we would expect our children to be at, and that's the best way we can support them is to to value them within their limits and expect those limits and if they exceed, then that's fantastic. but being happy with effort can be a lot to mean a lot for kids to really focus and
2: feel like they're accomplishing something. I think that's such a key point is for you know as parents, we need to be happy with the effort that the kid is putting into you know a situation that that definitely is something to uh, validate for them. So thank you for that. Um, high school. So high mm-hmm. school can be really stressful, especially for kids who don't think the same as other kids or they feel like they're different from other kids. It can really kind of, I think, play on their confidence. Is there mm-hmm. a way that parents can help relieve that kind of stress and help children build confidence, especially in high school?
0: Absolutely.
2: You know, when we kind of anecdotally think back to our high school
0: experience, It can be some of the most stressful times if we think about our interactions with peers, navigating life as a a huge time for identity development, uh, figuring out who you are and what you want to do. And for us adults, it's scary to think about those things, let alone thinking about what it was like when we were a teenager. Um, So really focusing in on creating safe spaces for your kid. If school isn't a safe space, making home a safe space. Um, so space for self-expression, uh, being able to have open and honest conversations about worries, concerns, things that are going well, things that interest them, and things that they're finding not as interesting. We've seen day in and day out with the work that we do that parents model so much for their children. Um, mm-hmm. We we tell parents every single day that they come in here, um, you guys are the models. Your children learn how to cope, how to be people, how to be individuals from you guys. Um, so if we have parents who can model self-love and self-compassion to really show that effort and trying and being able to openly discuss thoughts, feelings, and needs and being able to love themselves for who they are, regardless of what's happening in society around them, that that's modeled and that's expressed within the home environment. Children have a, a much better chance of being well adjusted even in stressful
2: situations wonderful information um for the kids that are struggling what is Mm -hmm. like i guess maybe a good marker for parents to realize okay yes my child is struggling you know maybe it's serious enough for an evaluation like how does a parent know when is a good time to get their children evaluated Absolutely. We get this question
0: a lot and the clinical term that we use is our kind of guideline is functional impairment. And really when we explain that to parents is are the issues that you're noticing keeping your child from being able to complete day-to-day activities either at home or at school. So, is it getting in the way of them being able to perform in school, to do tasks at home or just be able to to function day-to-day. So, that's kind of our biggest marker for being able to say, you know, are there drastic changes in their school performance, whether they're going from one grade to another, they're going from elementary to middle school or middle school to high school. We also encourage parents to use teachers as resources, Um, especially during the school year, they see your child every single day. They're tracking Mm -hmm. their grades, and they're often the first to notice difficulties within school and academic performance.
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: We also encourage parents, if you're noticing that your child is struggling to adjust, or even just cope with stressors, but you're not really kind of sure what's happening, we'd encourage you to access therapy services. Um, and oftentimes, those therapists can refer out for an evaluation. And so, those are good access to resources. A therapist can assess that situation and say, hey, I'm noticing that these symptoms, or you're reporting that these symptoms are getting in the way of a lot of things. Let me connect you to an evaluation resource. So, parents okay. don't have to make those decisions on their own. They have access to resources and professionals who can help them make that decision,
2: too. Wonderful. Very important. Um, Bullying, that is such a big topic and a big concern that parents face, whether their kid is, you know, starting elementary school, middle school, or high school. What can parents do if they do find out their child is being bullied at school? Absolutely. This is, I think, a very sensitive topic for a lot of people. Right. Um, yeah.
0: it, it can be triggering and it can be upsetting, especially as parents who want to protect their children. The thought that their child is at risk at any point in time can be very distressing. Um, and we often see the parents jump into action mode. And we encourage parents to make their child as part, much as part of the process as possible. So including mm-hmm. them in problem-solving discussions, decision-making about who they want to talk to, who they want to ask for help. If a child gets left out of that process, it's making it less about them and more about the parent. And so involving them in that process, giving the child autonomy to make decisions can empower them in a situation where they often feel powerless. Uh, Being able to model advocacy, how to advocate for yourself, how to get your needs met um, for the parent, giving the child options, giving them resources, saying, if you would like to go talk to a teacher, I will come with you and I will support you. Um and then being able to help your child seek services to help them process being bullied and learn strategies to cope with the emotions that come up with it. We would encourage, you know, if your child is having um a pretty strong reaction to these issues as most child most children do, um, to seek mm-hmm. therapy services
2: just to help them regulate through a really difficult time. Yeah, yeah. I I I think fit into the category of the parent I want to jump into action <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and kind of had to really be held back and kind of, you know, like tell myself, okay, how can we, you know, how can I empower my kids to like, exactly like you said, you know, what do you want to do? You know, how can I help you through this process? I was kind of like the one, oh no, let me just go meet with a school dean and we're going to mm-hmm. take care of this right now. So yeah, yes. I can totally relate to that because you, you do want to protect your kids and, uh, I can understand that model. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, and I think part of it too is
0: we're modeling as we teach our kids how to navigate through childhood and, and adolescence. We're setting them up for success later in life. And unfortunately, the reality of life is there's going to be bullies everywhere. Um, yeah. even as you, you get into adulthood, there's bullies. And so, uh, if we start modeling that problem solving and advocacy process early on in life, we're not only empowering them, in this situation, we're equipping them with the tools that they need later on in life um, when parents aren't as much of the equation to be
2: able to deal with bullies throughout their life. Exactly. Exactly. Very good. Um, So middle school anxiety for parents. So now we're having the kids, you know, they're going into middle school I guess there's more exposure to social media. There's more exposure to social media. Um, Mm -hmm. The question is how do we keep our our kids safe, like, via those spy apps that you can download on the kid's phone? Like, you know, is there a line between keeping your kids safe and being a nosy parent? I think this is a question a lot of parents ask,
0: especially as they're starting to navigate a much more digital age. Like you said, they're, mm-hmm. uh, we do have access to a lot more resources. And really decisions about, like, safety are so individual and so unique to each family It's really a judgment call, but something that we talk about with parents is they they make these decisions about how to keep their child safe and what's best for their child is talking about how parents' own symptoms of anxiety or nervousness or worry can often be modeled through restrictions and monitoring of their children. So we often see with uh, our cycle of anxiety, there's a pattern of avoidance. So avoiding things that make you anxious or escape, leaving situations that make you anxious, and in times where we overuse the resources we have, it's modeling that cycle of anxiety and feeding into parents' own sense of worry. Um, and mm-hmm. it becomes a lot harder to feel safe because you're constantly checking or you're you have alerts constantly going. And so we caution parents to fit in with their own family values, what they feel like is appropriate for their family and their children. While also being mindful of how it's impacting them and impacting their own sense of security and safety.
2: Okay, meaning what impacting their own sense of security and safety are you re- referencing to the parent or to the, to the child? Right, to so the parent. It can be very anxiety provoking with a
0: lot for of medications the They're constantly monitoring. Yeah. Um so okay. we want to make sure we're balancing the child's need, again, what's developmentally appropriate for boundaries and expectations, while also making sure the parent is being mindful of their own worries and fears
2: and making sure
1: right. that
0: they're they're taking care of themselves just as much as they're taking care of
2: their kids. Okay. Good to know. Um Again, I guess on making new friends and, you know, kids that may feel, you know, be feeling left out, whether it's middle school or high school, we have sometimes cliques that are being formed at school. And, you know, how do we help our kids through that stage of, you know, they're trying to make new friends, but they're not being successful. They're kind of feeling left out. How do we help them cope through that?
0: Absolutely. I think this is a question that has gotten even more prevalent. Uh, since the pandemic where we had to isolate for so long. And we have a a generation of children who survived the digital age and who are continuing honestly to survive a digital age where opportunities for in-person connection are very difficult. Um, So we encourage children to find groups, sports, clubs, activities that give them the opportunity to interact with peers who have similar interests. Uh, Research Mm -hmm. has shown that it's a lot easier for them to connect with people who they have similar interests with the extracurricular activities, um, things that they're passionate about, and finding other people who are equally as passionate. Uh, we strongly encourage kids and uh, for parents to encourage their children to kind of get them out of their comfort zone. And so oftentimes, mm-hmm. especially when we're in the midst of a pandemic, it's very easy to kind of stay within our bubble Um, And as long as everyone feels safe to do so, encouraging children to experience something new, to go somewhere new, to, to make a new friend at school can be very influential in kind of pushing them out and getting them involved a little bit more. And then always backing up those efforts to engage in something new or to meet somebody new with praising them for their bravery and taking that step because it's very nerve-wracking. I remember when I was a kid and my parents would kind of push me out and say, okay, go talk to this person or you're going to go here and we're not going to come pick you up until this time. It was very anxiety-provoking for me because I was like, I don't know who I want to interact with or <laughs> how am I, how, how I going to make these friends, um, yeah. but I always remember coming back to them and getting praise. Or yeah. making that accomplishment and kind of taking that leap. And each time I was put into that situation, I felt more comfortable the next time, knowing that they recognized the effort that I was putting into uh, attempting to, you know, branch out.
2: Definitely, especially, you know, when you have kids that are introverted, you know, and they're just mm-hmm. shy by nature and, and helping them take those, those baby steps that is painful for them. But, you know, I guess as parents, we do realize, okay, it's a little step at a time. And like you say, you know, praise them for their effort and having them join those extracurricular activities. That's, you know, set, you know, certainly wonderful advice for our families. Um, Emily, thank you so much for, you know, joining us today and sharing some of your valuable tips. Is there anything else that you would like us to know? Um, I think, you know, it's very there's a lot of
0: stigma that comes around with seeking help or asking for help especially sometimes we often minimize our own problems and so in this field we want to to start helping kind of erase that stigma and help people realize that asking for help isn't a sign of weakness Um, Mm so I'd encourage anyone who is noticing that they're struggling or their kids are struggling to to seek help and to you know even if you just want one session to kind of get a feel for what it would be like to be in therapy or the benefits that you can get from therapy. I would strongly encourage anyone to go do that. And um, I think we have a great resource within Palm Beach County. The youth services department does offer free family therapy services for any resident of Palm Beach County, uh, zero through 22. At 18 wow. to 22, we start doing individual therapy services. So I think um, if you have, you know, a desire to be in therapy or just kind of want to understand what that experience is like. I think that's such a valuable resource to have free therapy services
2: within our county. Definitely. So much wonderful information and such a great opportunity for our residents here in Palm Beach County to take advantage of. Thank you, Emily, so much for joining us today. We appreciate all of your time. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. It was my pleasure.
1: That's all for now, my friends. Thank you to Dr. Emily Deming for joining us today. Wishing all of you health and happiness. Until next time. Thank you so much
0: for listening to our message today. If you're interested in our organization, please visit our website at www.childrenshealinginstitute.org. And don't forget to follow us on our other platforms by searching the Children's Healing Institute in the search bar. See you next week.